Hi, I'm Maggie. Hi, I'm Grace, and this is A Very Bookish Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to A Very Bookish Podcast. Today, we have a very special episode. We are going to be talking about, I think, a book that surprised us in like the best possible way, The Kiss Quotient. And I know it's been on TikTok. Everybody's been talking about it. And first and foremost, it's worth it. It's It's, worth it. Oh my God, this book's, okay. Just general thoughts about this book. It surprised me so, like, I didn't expect it to be so graphic. Like, I did not expect this. Like, it's always these, like, innocent covers where you're, like, reading it and stuff. And you're like, whoa, this is, this is really graphic. Like, oh, dang. Like, this is, this is some spicy. Like, I, I know I said this on my Instagram stories. I was like, this book is so cute. It's so cute. And then... And then it's, and then it's like, it's like, oh, oh, we're going to go there. And it's funny how it like starts out like immediately in like the second chapter, it starts getting like really spicy. And I'm going to, before we start the episode, this is major spoilers for this whole book. So don't go past this point right here. If you haven't read the book or if you want the book fully spoiled for you, there's that. But I think I'm going to read the synopsis first real quick for it because I did not read the synopsis at all before getting into this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I had no idea what this book was about going into it. So I literally came from it fresh. Like I would see videos on TikTok about it and I was like, nope, scroll past because I knew I was going to read it. Didn't want a synopsis. So synopsis i will read it now stella lane comes up with algorithms to predict customer purchases a job that has given her more money than she knows what to do with and way less experience in the dating department than an average 20 30 average 30 year old she is not 20 she is 30 it doesn't help that way to self-insert right there i know i definitely self-insert i definitely definitely self-insert right there it doesn't help that stella has asperger's or that french kissing reminds her of a shark getting its teeth cleaned by pilot fish her conclusion she needs a lot of practice with a professional which is why she hires escort michael fawn with with his with the looks of a K-drama star and martial art moves to match, the Vietnamese Swedish stunner can't afford to turn down Stella's offer. When she comes up with a lesson plan, he proves willing to help her check off all the boxes from foreplay to more than missionary position. Even this like synopsis is making me like <laughs> blush. Before long, Stella not only learns to appreciate his kisses, but to crave all other things he's making her feel. They're non no nonsense partnerships starts making a strange kind of sense and the pattern that emerges will convince Stella that love is the best kind of logic dot 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 uh Christina Lauren adorable sexy smart one of the best books I've ever read in a long time Christine Feehan opening this book is like setting a match to a handful of fireworks lots of sparkle heat and energy Jane Ann Krentz so this is the kiss quotient by Hela Huang I Oh my God. Penelope Douglas even said a rare and riveting love story. The fact that Penelope Douglas loved this too. I love that. But it's, it's like, I didn't come into this book knowing anything at all, which is usually kind of off for me. I usually know like what basic tropes are in the book and things like that. I did know that um, this was, um, 
a book with disability rep or something like that. It's usually like put in with those books. That's all I knew. I did not know specifically what it was. Yeah. Um, and then kind of jumping into it, uh, then I was just like, oh, perfect. I love this. And yeah, I, I was usually when I go into these books with like these cutesy covers and like, you know, these contemporary romance, I'm often looking forward to the development of the relationship, um, you know, how they meet, how they interact with each other and all these things. And the fact that this man is an escort and she hired him, I was like, say less. This is the fact I, I love that it's she's so innocent but in such like a analytical way that makes it so cute where you just love her character because it's like she's like yeah here's my checklist like I want to learn how to give like a blow job and like a hand job and stuff and he's just like yeah. what <laughs> like it's so he's like cute. thrown off and he's just like I um like even like that for first of all I love that this is like a dual POV yes. in third person. I love books like that because I love seeing into how the guy thinks and you guys already know that about me, yeah. right? And I love that we immediately jump over to his POV, like literally right after she makes his decision. And it's about like him going like through his routine of like start, yeah. like he has his own routine as well. Like, you know, mm -hmm. she built her life around routines and then we jump over to his POV and it starts with his own routine. Yeah. And I thought that that was such a like unique parallel. I also loved that we saw like him like talking about like like his work and stuff and then him like when he goes to the restaurant to like look for her and stuff, he's expecting like an older woman who, but and not Stella and then he sees Stella and he's like oh no it's not her and then like he goes it on, can't be her he's like it can't be her she's a hot woman and it is and he's just taken aback that somebody like her would be single and he's like what like what I just I think it's so and they're like awkward first dinner where she's just like no lamb and he's like okay and she's like it's too wooly and I'm just like oh but the fact that he remembers that yes that was great he raised it up later on oh gosh oh. michael is i wish i mm, michael is up there i swear every new contemporary book that we read with this is like automatic boyfriend material that's like an automatic like up top i don't have any more space in my top five it's who men, do i remove it's men written by women that are just clearly and it's oh, like I was like reading it and like I didn't really get into it and like until like after their first encounter it was like the second date that they went on that's when I really got into it and she pulled out the checklist and stuff <laughs> and I was like okay I love this book I love this book um I forgot who dm'd me I'm gonna pull her up right now um I think it was it was it um somebody dm'd me and was asking about it and they're like I couldn't get into this book is it worth it and I was like yes it is totally worth it mm -hmm. um Mikey, uh, Calvin's friend, Mikey, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, M-E-I-K-E. -E. So I hope I'm saying it right. Hey girl. Um, she was asking about it and I was like, yes, is it good? I started, but the beginning and I was so bored. I was like, it, it really took me about 15% of the way to get into it really. But 
I, after the first like 25%, you're like hooked. And it's funny because you know, a fake dating trope. I got into it page 22. 22, which is 22. Let's see. Let's see. I want to know if you can tell exactly where I got into it. Oh, yeah. When the smell, that's the like. (laughs) I, I like how like I'm like yeah the smell like I, I texted Grace last night and I was talking about like the smell I was like oh she likes his smell because I immediately thought of Grace and I was like oh my gosh Grace is Stella she loves smelling men and it's funny because she has the smell of cologne but she loves like his natural scent and that's something Grace always points out in books is when they notice the natural scents oh that's like my thing I am a big scent person and I hate, but like, I don't know what it is about scent. And like, you know, if you listeners who know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Because like, when your partner has like a certain smell, like you're like immediately drawn to it. And like, when you're like in those first stages of like, you know, physical attraction, you know, yeah, you like them for the personality and everything. But then like, their smell literally is like a drug. Like you'll smell them like as soon as they walk into the room, it's like a chemical reaction. Like he notices because when she first goes over to his apartment for the first time, she like dives into his sheets and and he's like, she looks in pure heaven. And I immediately thought of you in that moment. I'm not lying to you. I, I, the first time I went over to um, my then boyfriend's house, I was all up in those sheets. I was all up in <laughs> because it was just too much. And it's crazy because like, you know, you don't think that that like, you, you don't think it's going to be like that. You read books. It's so and inconsequential. Yeah. Right. But then like when you actually have that like chemical, physical attraction to someone. It's a pheromone. It's insane. It's it's insane because like, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. <laughs> There was times where like my then boyfriend and I, we would fight and like, you know, we used to work together. So like I would go into like the office bathroom and like I would use it and then I would leave. And there would be times where he would go in like after me, like maybe like a couple minutes after me by coincidence. And then like oh, we reluctantly, that. reluctantly he would text me and he's just like, you were in the fucking bathroom right now weren't you and I was just like um that probably wasn't what you were trying to say I'm like first of all I didn't do anything there and he's just like he would start laughing but he was just like no I can like smell you and I'm like dude aren't you supposed to be mad at me don't mm -mm." yeah but it's 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 a thing so that's why it's it's one of my weaknesses smell is definitely that Mm -hmm. but then activate reason number two a little bit down the page and we have he says um are you sure you're bad at sex what do you mean by that it means so far you're very good at it and then she's like so far we haven't done anything yet you're very good at the talking part I've had sex there isn't a talking part a spark danced in his eyes there's definitely a talking part. Okay, so for all of our listeners on the YouTube, you can see my markings. All those like pink tabs are like 
things that Michael said that like made me blush. Like Michael is a talker. Like oh, Michael. Like I love a man who can communicate. Yeah, the communication in this book. There was a lot of communication, but not a lot of communication at the same time. There was communication in the bedroom, but not outside. Nada. And the fact that he, the fact that Michael is very open about communication when it comes to the bedroom, because that's like his job and stuff. But the fact that he like when their first encounter and he like, he noticed she would lock up and stuff and he moved very slowly with her and stuff was something I appreciated so much. And I was like, it's so nice to see a guy not have to ask for the cues, but look for the cues and understand what a woman wants and stuff. He is very emotionally mature. Very he's emotionally. Still, he's mature. very aware. And not in every aspect, because he's yeah. got some work to do. But um his attentiveness to women yeah. is, you know, which does come along with his profession and things like that. Yeah. But not everybody cares about that. Like, you know, even in that profession, he is also aware. And then we find out later on why he was able to notice it with subconsciously yeah. how to communicate and how to ease her like tension. Yeah. very early on um but yeah um really quickly before we get into our discussion points um what was your favorite scene i i think my favorite scene was the ice cream shop scene where they were in the ice cream shop together and he like feeds her with the spoon and stuff that scene like I know it's not like a spicy scene but it's like it's that tension and like the just the it's something you know? about like sharing sharing yeah. food because and the fact that, like they kissed and everybody was like whoa like get a room like it was so cute and so funny at the same time and like you know he's just like you know vibing with her and he's just being with her he doesn't do that with his other clients right off the bat before this long-term practice relationship thing comes out he's already being different yeah before he even subconsciously decides we're going to be different like that's mm-hmm. uh, i okay this what was your favorite scene Um, I think it'll have to be um, the second time that he went, that she went to their mom's house, his mom's house. Okay, yeah. The second time, um, I, I think it is the second time that he went there or Maybe it was after, but it's when she's already wearing a dress that he made. Yeah. And like they sneak away and then they start kissing and he's just so, that masculine energy just flooded my senses off the page. And it then outside of that, the dynamic of her um, being there with the family and how her his family just kind of like enveloped with her and just wanted her 
to be yeah. comfortable around them. Yeah. Most likely Michael ended up telling them. Yeah. But I, not but not in that way. Women, I think also is they're very it's a woman household. It's very women centered. He's the only man in the like he's 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 the one brother out of four sisters and his mom and his grim five no five sisters. His mom that's seven women one man so I think like there's kind of like this camaraderie and it's like I think they could tell that Michael really liked her and so they were like okay Michael and they even said Michael doesn't bring girls over so it's also it's it's obvious that he really likes her if he brought her over so like yeah actively trying and like being nice but like the secondhand embarrassment I felt with the first encounter with his mom when she when obviously like it, it it's it happens with like it happens where if you don't tell people she's like where's your husband because like you have like five children in a like obviously everybody would think like where's your husband and yeah like, the only difference is Stella voiced that yeah. question that's the yeah. only difference all of us in that situation would wonder the same thing yeah and like she was just oversensitized and stuff and she's like she's getting like anxious and stuff she's just, she's just like like tell me like tell me and it's like and it's like everybody has been in that situation where like you're everything feels like push on you and so you start asking questions and stuff and I put I think I put a blue tab because I put like relatable moments that I felt with Stella oh my gosh that, like when I was when I was reading that scene my whole body was crawling yeah I I literally was like, like I myself was locking up and it, it, it it brought up moments of like, when I have like ongoing, like panic attacks and like, like, I'm just, you know, and even like, you know, she does have Asperger's, but there are a lot of moments where a lot of people could feel something similar to that something everybody relates to like you can find a like it's it's it feels like you don't even have to be like mentally unstable or anything to Mm -hmm. relate to her so much and the fact that like that is such like a awkward situation to be in especially when his mom starts crying because like that's the worst Mm -hmm. thing you want to do is you meet your significant other I mean they're not really dating it's the fake dating trope but like you meet your significant other's parents and you make her cry the first time you meet her and like you can tell she genuinely feels so bad and she goes to bring her like chocolate and flowers the next day and I think his mother like truly understand like she was definitely sorry like she came when Michael wasn't there and like apologized so his mom knew it wasn't for Michael it was actually an apology yeah and um it just I feel like um when I said that Michael probably told them I feel like it's just something that like he just was just like you know she's very sensitive yeah and I think he said it didn't he say it and didn't they say it in the book like he was he didn't say that she's just she was just oversensitive oh overstimulated Overstimulated. that was with Quan oh yeah that was yeah and um because like even like the the first time that they the second time that they go back to the house like this is the my favorite time was when she came over Mm -hmm. and Michael was wrestling with his sister yeah that that was my favorite time this the time that they came back to actually have dinner Mm -hmm. and um that time like he even texted outside like oh can you guys turn off the tv or like turn it down 
he already was like, you know, this is fine. I want you to feel comfortable, but I also, I know how my family is. And And then she was just like, I don't want people to change for me. But it wasn't even really that. It was more of like, you know how your family is. Yeah. You know you, you want people. It's not so much that you want um, your family to like act uptight and very like proper when somebody else comes over. Yeah. It's just that you know how overbearing and how it's just a lot of pressure. much they can be. Yeah. yeah. And so it's it's kind of like a thing of like, they want, I don't think they were changing for Stella in that moment. I think it was just like, dude, not right now. And yeah. and that's something that you do in your house anyways. You're like, just so, calm down. Like it's just, just, yeah, just yeah. calm down. Let's, let's take it down a notch, yeah. you know, um, which I really liked. But that first scene was like, and then every time that they went over to the house, I got so hungry. The food, I was tasting everything. I know, because I was like sitting, because I finished this book this morning, literally like maybe like less than an hour ago, or not even like le- like less than 30 minutes ago I finished. And like, when I tell you, I was like, oh, I'm kind of, hu- I guess an hour ago. No, it was an hour ago. I was like hungry. I was like, my stomach is kind of rumbling. Like my mom's making lunch right now. I'm like, this sounds really, and the fact that he can cook, he was like, I love how he's like a house full of seven women and I'm the one who has to learn how to cook. I was like, finally, the non-gender norms that women are the ones who have to cook. That's, I really liked that. I was like, yes. And, and no shame to those women who love yeah. to cook because me, myself, I love cooking. But again, Hispanic household. Hispanic yeah, you know, you know how it is in your Hispanic household you have to you're the one in the kitchen you have to help even if you're like a visitor a woman family member you go into the kitchen you help in some form some way you serve the men they sit down they which is another thing I can get into but we'll get into that later on mm-hmm. so seeing that I was like Michael you just keep racking up points when are you going to stop? You already won the game. Yeah, no, he was a keeper at the moment, like the first chapter we saw him. So that was kind of like our first overall general thoughts and stuff. So we're going to get into discussion mm-hmm. questions. So Berkeley does this really nicely where they have um, a reader's guide, um, discussion mm-hmm. questions at the end of the book, which I really appreciate because there was for people we meet on vacation, we used a couple of those in that episode so we're gonna actually try to go through all of the um questions and kind of make this more of a discussion about the book rather than like us telling you the whole plot and going through scene by scene i feel like Mm -hmm. this helps us develop a more understanding of the book so question one prior to reading this book how would you have imagined an autistic woman how does stella compare to this vision i know grace you had a story you wanted to tell yeah, so this is actually isn't the first story that I've re- read with a woman who had autism, and it's more specifically with Asperger's. Um, it was back when I was maybe 16. I read The Quirky Tale of April Hale. Oh yeah, you told that, talked about this. I did talk about this. I mentioned this like a while ago. Um, oh, actually, not even on our podcast. I mentioned this on the Raise Your Word podcast. On Raise Your Word. Yeah, because yeah. she asked about 
uh, a Wattpad book. Yeah. So this book, story, mm-hmm. book, was on Wattpad, um, is on Wattpad if you look it up. I don't remember who the author was, but it's The Quirky Tale of April Hale, and it deals with a, woman, a girl who has Asperger's and her typical bad boy neighbor new um kind of like takes a fondness to her and is very becomes very protective of her and falls in love with her and all of the things that come along with it she also does not want to tell him her diagnosis and in the end it still doesn't matter and it was so I was familiar with kind of like how that type of story would develop yeah and how her um little quirks and and I say quirks because there there are things that anybody could do it's not it's and like people who who meet people with autism and don't know how to deal with them are usually like those stereotypical people who are just like oh my gosh this person's so weird they're off they're a little slow like no bro that's not how you know you know and um you can definitely tell the difference between somebody who has dealt with somebody with uh, on the spectrum and people who are just very ignorant and it was just normal to me reading this book yeah very just opening to more emotion that's basically the only thing I can say what so I, I kind of, how would you have imagined an autistic woman? That question, it's just like, what do I need to imagine an autistic woman? Like I follow, I, I need to find her on TikTok. That's what I've been doing is when I've been looking on my screen <laughs> is I've been trying to find her on TikTok. I follow, I've been following her for a while, but she talks about her autism and she talks about how for a while she didn't know she was on the spectrum. And even mm-hmm. Helen, she didn't know she was on the spectrum for a long time. And it's like, mm-hmm. there are, there are like, I grew up, my cousin's autistic. I, one of my best friends growing up, his sister was autistic and she was uh, farther on the spectrum than uh, like other people I know. But mm-hmm. it was, I like, how would I have, how does Stella compare to this vision? I mean, I don't see autism as like one specific, like, oh, this is what an autistic person looks like because autism, they call it the spectrum. It's, it could be, there's many different yeah. things that fall underneath it. And so I, I guess, I guess I didn't expect, I didn't expect her to be, I don't know why, but I didn't expect it to be so funny. Like the, I think it's not that she's funny, but I think the way that Helen wrote this, like to show her quirks and stuff really accentuated Stella. And like, it didn't, it wasn't debilitating and it wasn't something Mm -hmm. to be seen as negative in the story. It was something that just made her special. It's not special, but like it made you love her even more because it's like, she's so innocent when it came to like the checklist and like all that kind of stuff where she's just like, and then, but you also like related to her a lot where she has like the thing with like the lamb or like loud sensory noises or like with her I really related to when she was talking about people and she even talked about um Stella made this comment where she was like 
she gave him a quick it's on page five um she gave him a quick hug she didn't mind touching when she initiated it or had the mentally time to prepare for it so i think a lot of people i don't know um i really don't like people touching me and stuff that's Mm -hmm. one of my things where i like don't like people to touch me and stuff and i a lot of people are like well you give people hugs i'm like yes because i initiate that and stuff like i am like yes i will give you a hug and stuff And like, I just, I related to that a lot. And especially when it came to like clothing, she talked about a lot of her like textures of like clothes and stuff. I'm really like, I can only sleep with like a fuzzy blanket or like sheets that are like a very high thread count because I hate scratchy like textures and stuff. There's certain like clothes that I won't wear because it's like scratchy and stuff. And when she talked about getting- There are a lot of things. There are a lot of things that like, you know, that- that anybody could relate to yeah there are things that are just like so so anybody does that anybody does that and she kind of mentions that um I I wish I could find it if I if I find it it, it's it's somewhere um but where was it was it but like what I'm trying to say I don't have like a specific like version of what an autistic woman would be in my head like I don't have like a defined like oh, this is what she would look like, or this is how yeah. she would um, It's at the beginning of chapter 14, which yeah. is page 137. Um, it's after that first dinner where, you know, she makes her mom cry and, mm-hmm. and she goes, um, her gut demanded that she tell Michael the truth, though he wasn't aware of the true extent of them. He already knew about her issues, sensitivity to smell, sound, touch, her obsession with work, her need for routine, her awkwardness with people. What he didn't know was there were labels for that, a diagnosis. And it's simply that thing. It's just like, oh, all of those things are put under this one label. When if you you would encounter, yeah, if you didn't know, if you didn't even weren't aware of diagnoses of autism you would just be like oh well that's just something that you do that that's something yeah. that you have a preference for that's something that you just you like certain things how they are you work a certain way that's normal everybody has a thing yeah the only difference is Stella's things are labeled under a diagnosis that's the only difference he did not n- never before he found out before he realized did he ever see her as lesser he was just like okay she just has this preference she's just uh, a little bit shy she just doesn't this is her first time that's it like he never saw her as really what's really telling is he found out about it but he didn't mention it to her Mm -hmm. like he knew for a while and I think that's really telling because she was that was like her very like her main like issue throughout the whole story was she didn't want him to know and the fact that he did know and he didn't change one bit I think really proved to her which I think she overlooked a little bit was like he knew for a while and nothing really changed and it just yeah I, Michael is Michael's not a breed <laughs> Michael's just another level man I yeah. mean he's just another level <laughs> but like it's it's definitely that thing of like you know she says right there at the bottom of that page she desperately wanted to be accepted she had a disorder but it didn't define her she was Stella and she was a unique person literally every person can feel that 
not the disorder part, but like wanting to be accepted and having that overwhelming fear of not being enough. Everyone can relate to that. And that fear that she had was kind of like a non-issue, which we see later on, you know, as it is. So answering that question, I would have seen her anyway too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the next question is, Stella was surprised when she heard her coworker, Philip James, had been asked out by their new intern. When it comes to heterosexual relationships, do you think men should be the initiators? What does it say about women if she asks a man out? Okay, so do you think, basically it's saying, do you think uh, women should ask take the first step, ask a man out? I, I have two voices of thought on that. Um, I wouldn't mind asking a guy out if I knew him and, you know, interacted with him enough. But I would, pref preferably, I would prefer a guy ask me out only because I, I want a guy who can take charge, who knows what he wants, who isn't, I don't, I, like I said before, I don't want my masculine energy to overshadow my partners. Yeah. You know, and if I'm the one initiating everything, I feel like I am already, my, my energy is already taking over his. And yeah. for the partner that I'm looking for, I want his energy to be there. That's not to say that after we've gone out a couple of times that I won't ask him because I do want, I want, I want, I want to ask my man out too. Yeah. Know? So for me, I don't really care. Um, yeah. I just don't care. Um, I mean, I've asked a guy out before I've asked him, like mm -hmm. I've, we've, we know my story of the bookstore guy. Like I've asked mm -hmm. a guy out before. Like, I mean, there is this kind of like thing where it's like, it's like, you kind of feel like what a guy feels where it's like, is she going to say yes? Is she going to say no? Is she going to think I'm weird? Like, but it's just a normal thing to experience. And like, yeah. for me, I just don't really care. Like if, if I was, I think it is just also has to do with like how sure I am if the other person would say mm -hmm. yes or no. Mm -hmm. So like if a guy knew that I was like, yes, but I didn't know if he was yes or no, I would want him to be the one to initiate it because I want to know that he's wanting it too. But if I knew he was interested, I would ask him. Like, it's mm, just that, yeah. that, like, it's that like, it's that comfortability of like, if I like, yes, I'll put myself out there, but it's like, if I have any inclination that he would say yes, I would ask. But if I literally have no idea, I would rather him and him initiate it. And like, it's, it's that like recognizing that, yes, I want you. Like, I want to go out with you. It's more of that than it is like gender roles for me. Yeah. And I think um, part of it too is like when you do go ask somebody, like if I didn't know them at all and like this is like our first meeting and like we're just chatting in line somewhere or whatever, would I be bold enough to ask him for his number? For sure. Yeah. I wouldn't mind doing that. Um, but if I do know the person and I have like, you know, if we work together, no, not, not if we work together, if we go, both go to the same places, if we both go to the gym at that place or whatever, and I had known him for a, a little bit of time, I would prefer him to ask me. But if this is like a first meeting, I don't mind. Yeah. Cause, cause what's the chance of me seeing you again? 
Yeah. And I feel like people have to kind of be like, like, you know, guys also feel this way too. Anybody who feel this way about having to take that first step, you know, the anxiety, like, yeah. And uh, the way that I kind of looked at this, because before I was, I was just like, Oh, a girl could go ahead and do it. She should do it. You know? And I was like that. So I've been both sides. Um, but if you are going to go, my advice is if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And you have to go in with that mindset. It's just like your life does not depend on it. If what, this person what do you have says, to lose? Yes. What do you have yeah, to lose? You, you don't have anything to lose. Yeah. So if you're going to go and ask a guy out or ask a girl out or whatever, go do yeah. it. Like it's yeah. not going to hinder you in the least if anything once you've done it you're just like well I did it I've done it and that's that you know you have to be bold enough to go ahead and do it even if it's for like two minutes that you have you're just like I gotta be bold I gotta you're freaking out before but the moment that you do it you did it it's over it's like if you go on a roller coaster like your anxiety is like right before but then as soon as you're on strapped in you go on the ride as soon as you get off you're just like it's done. I did it. Moving on. Will yeah. I go on again? Probably not. No, you know. For so I kind of wanted to talk about this because I really mostly about Philip James is <laughs> I yes, I what I felt about like his relationship with the intern. I understand why he said he wanted her to initiate it is like he mm-hmm. wanted to be like the one to be like, oh, because it's very because I work in a I will be in like an office and stuff. And it's like there is that kind of power balance when it's your boss asking you versus like, but I don't think that an intern and like an actual worker should be in a relationship when it, when they have their internship active. But one thing about Philip is he really rubbed me the wrong way, especially when in the, like in the office, they were talking like Stella, I think Stella was fine with it, but it still irked me the wrong way that he just asked her like openly it was on page i'm trying to pull it up it was on page seven and he goes tell me are you still a virgin stella and it just it just rubbed me the wrong way that that was asked like if that was like if they were like talking like not in the workplace i still think it would have been a little bit weird um but i was just kind of like it just irked me the wrong way that he asked that question in the workplace because this is like your place of work this is where it's Stella is very focused when she goes to work. It's like she's talking about, she wants the data and stuff. She's not, work isn't the appropriate avenue to discuss this kind of conversation. Yeah. Like, yes, it was it was on like the off day and stuff and he was just passing through. But like, it just irked me a little bit weird because I was just like, Philip, this is not the time nor First the time of all, to ask that question. But who asked <laughs> a woman that question? First of all, not only did the question, let's go a little bit before that. You come into work, you come into work to pick up a big old box of condoms. condoms. Come on, dude. What? Come on, my dude. Like you, you know. And part of my thing is, is he knew. He knew that Stella works on Saturdays. Yeah. So yes. He set that up. And I feel like part of it, part of it can be like, you know, he he wants to seem like this sexual you know macho or whatever you know and he thinks that that will entice her when clearly it doesn't coming out of left field my dude 
Yeah. Not it. It just was so weird. It was such an awkward thing where I was just like, I don't like this one bit. I did not like him for the moment that he stepped onto the page. I was like, mm, no, no, you're not the one, my it gives dude. Me the icky vibes. Very, very icky vibes. That's just um, something I wanted to mention about Philip because I don't think we could overlook that. It just he felt very pushy and trying to be that like macho man when it was. Just, yeah, and it's just like, dude, it's it's. You're nervous. He reminded me. <laughs> He reminded me of those guys who are just like, oh, I'm an alpha. And it's just like. It's the beta male trying to be an alpha male. Sit your beta ass down. Like, no, no. Um, No, honey. Kind of to move on to the next question. It's, does it surprise you to see an autistic person exploring a sexual relationship? If so, why? We both were like, why does it matter? No. I I don't know if y'all have ever seen it. I think it's a British dating show for autistic people oh and yeah so cute because it's, it's you so don't cute. see that a lot in media which i think is a great like it's great to talk about and stuff but it's like why would it surprise you like they're they're a person they want that connection and stuff it mm-hmm. shouldn't it shouldn't surprise you at all literally all the questions that stella had a hundred percent other people have had those same questions yeah any any person yeah. Any person. She just feels that. she just and, feels more like a teenager when she's asking it and stuff because she's gen she's like genuinely wanting to know. And she's like, okay, like how does this work? And it's like, it's like when you first get in your first relationship and you're like, okay, what do I do? Like, how does this work? Like it, it just feels like that. And it's so relatable. Okay. I'm gonna out myself a little bit. <laughs> I also, oh gosh. My boyfriend in high school and I were friends for a while we flirted and things like that for like a a few months before we started anything um at the time uh I was talking to some other guy who I'd never met before but a friend set me up but it was just like online conversation but it wasn't really anything Mm -hmm. stopped talking to him but my my high school soon-to-be boyfriend was talking with me and he cons- always would ask questions like, oh, so how's so-and-so? How are you? How's that? And I was just like, oh, you know, it's it's going, even though I wasn't talking to him anymore. And I wanted to make a move on this guy. So I did what I usually do. And I was just like, actually, I, I think I need some help. Um, <laughs> I'm actually going to meet him next week and i'm so nervous i have no idea what i'm gonna do no did you ask why are you nervous (laughs) (laughs) why are you nervous and i was just like well it's been a while since like you know i've kissed anybody and i have no idea you know help me out and then he's just like i didn't say help me out i didn't say help me out (laughs) but i was just like (laughs) and he was like keep in mind i'm like 15 okay (laughs) He's like, oh, for sure. Come over to my place. He lived a block away from the school. Come over to my place around this time. And I was just like, okay, cool. But I have practice like 20 minutes after school lets out. And he was just like, totally fine. It won't take that long. I'm pretty sure you're fine. I was like, okay. Pulled up. <laughs> we had the... <laughs> Nothing happened besides making out. 
Okay. But let's just say it was a very intense first. Matter of fact, the kissing was almost similar to Stella's first night with Michael. Okay. Yeah. Where she's like, yeah. Hold on, my mom's calling me. Keep talking. It was all. It was a lot of uh, kissing, and then we we pulled away, and then he's just like, "Oh, you're you're pretty, pretty good, pretty decent." Gosh, I'm outing myself so bad. And then I was just like, oh, yeah, you know, maybe I'm nervous. Let me try again. I pulled out all the stops. I, whatever, I end up leaving and that that's that. And then it just became like, well, how about you help me out with other things? And let's just say I had my own little undercover study sessions with my high school boyfriend before we actually started dating and it was like the most embarrassing thing to me but it was also like one of like the funniest things so when I was reading Stella like going through her list I was like why is this me (laughs) this is exactly me and it's just too perfect um but yeah, so if you think that you, I mean, sometimes that's how you got to go through with it, right? Sometimes you got to pull out the fake dating. And when I tell you it worked, but then it also worked because I feel like he also had like some type of a crush on me before, because then after, I'm so sorry if my high school boyfriend ever finds this. I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) Then after, I think one night I was hanging out in his house and I was going home and then he and I got into an argument because he wanted me to just tell him that we were hanging out because of him. Like, because I liked him. And he's just like, so what about your other, that other dude? And I was just like, dude, there is no other dude. Can't you realize that you're the person that I like? And he's just like, good. Cause you know, I just wanted to make sure. I'm like, dude, if you don't, my high school romance was something else, but yeah. Um, I really need to stop telling you guys all of these cringy stories of mine it's just sorry my mom was trying to talk to me about my haircut appointment it's okay okay so great storytelling grace i was gone for like a hot second to grace i'm gonna rewatch this and be like um didn't hear this before but oh you just missed the last part it's totally fine Um, (laughs) but yeah that that i was just saying like that's that whole list and let's practice all of these things and give me a like the performance review very accurate to me I was just like so how'd I do (laughs) did it work yes okay so um the next question with regards to autism people are divided between using first person language i.e. a person with autism and identity first language, i.e. autistic person. 
One of the main arguments for person-first language is that it separates a person from their mental disorders. Many autistic people, on the other hand, prefer identity-first language because they believe autism is an intrinsic part of who they are and, and have no wish for a quote-unquote cure. Which do you think is right? Do you think it can be depend on each person's individual circumstances and preferences? How do you feel when Stella tried to make herself fresh and fantastic? Why do you feel that way? So um, we can, Maggie and I kind of talked about this before and I said that I, my usual go-to is identity first. So I usually say autistic person. That's usually my go-to because like it says right there, um, I don't, their diagnosis is part of them. It's not, it, it doesn't, adding it before does not make them any less, doesn't make them seem incapable. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not anything negative, which again, I have um, been around and dealt with a lot of people, different people on different levels of the spectrum. So like, you know, I am more You have aware. the teacher for it. Yeah, you know, and so it's just like a thing. It's just like an autistic person and then that's it. It's like, okay, and what? Like I said, it, 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 an autistic person doesn't, it, it, honestly, exactly how is it? They do not, they're not looking for a cure for who they are because that is who they are. It's part of them. It's part of everything that they are. It doesn't take away from them being an actual person because it's who they are. And then there's so much more added on to the rest of it, you know? But then if a person did like, if a person did come up to me and just be like, well, I'm a person with autism, then I would respect their how they want to be identified and that's how they are you know it's it's different for everybody how they see it I do not view anyone on the spectrum as anything different it's just a person with with autism and that's it yeah I that's how it is for me like if the person like designates like this is what I want to say I'll I'll agree to that and stuff but um autism I don't see I mean I'm not person in the community so I can't be the one to be like this is how they should like this is what you should say and stuff um so I agree with what Grace said but how did you yeah. how did you feel when Stella tried to make herself fresh and fantastic honestly it kind of made me feel a little icky and it was just like babes you you don't need to yeah you don't have to you, you I mean it's, it's it's everybody's insecurity not to be accepted for who you are mm -hmm. And we, we see this common thread throughout the whole book is like her not wanting to be this label and like trying to be as far away from this label and not, not have everybody think of her, oh, she's an autistic person. Like she, this is who she is and stuff. And it's like, I understand like all of that and stuff, but it's like, babes, like be you, like who you are and stuff, because obviously Michael loves her for who she is. Like he, he she didn't think he knew for like the longest time but he did and he accepted her and stuff and so it was just very it yeah, just it felt a little it's... icky where you're just like babes like 
I love that you're starting to say babes now because I say it literally all the time. Literally it's like all thing. the time. You say, I do literally say it all the, time. all the time. I say babes to everybody. I pick up people's <laughs> language and stuff is what I do. So like Eamon says literally with like a British accent. And so I started saying literally with a British accent. Yeah. So. I say babes. Don't worry. My Spanish is starting to come out. So I'm telling you, it's starting to come out. <laughs> okay. It's like okay, but like okay, but she said okay in Spanish, and I never. Heard I said I said because like Maggie has this thing totally sidetracked from what we were saying, but Maggie has this thing of like when I'm texting her, I'll put a period at the end of my sentence because I'm double, I'm typing fast, and, I, and when I'm typing fast, it's like my thumb needs like a slow down. Um, like a, a cool down from texting fast. So my cool down is double tap on the space bar, which is an automatic period. And so like, sometimes she'll be like, oh, how about we do this? And I was just like, okay, period. period. And, and then just she's like, just like, are you okay? It gives me anxiety. Like I hate, cause I, I will be passive aggressive and put a period. Like that's like my passive aggressive, like slightly passive aggressive is to put a period like after a sentence or something and like period. Cause it's like finalized, like like I'll text Carly. Sorry, Carly. Car Carly's listening. I'll be like, period. And that's how she knows I'm angry or I'm annoyed or something. Cause I'll put a period because it's being so passive aggressive, but Grace does it. And so she started putting like a thumbs up or something to make me feel better. Cause I don't know. Cause like, for the longest time she just say, okay, period. And I'm like, oh my God, she's mad at me. It was literally like, I don't know what it is. It's just like a, you know, like a thing that I just talk fast and then I'm just like, all right, you know, that's that. And then I was just like, okay. Um, I said, okay. And then she's just like, well, I'll, I'll finish the, the book in the morning. I'm like, oh, okay. And she's just like the period. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I tell her, I said, you and the freaking period, LMAO laughing face. And I said, it's your kryptonite. Okay. Okay. And, okay. And then, <laughs> okay. is like, um, or what? that's basically what it is and so like that's what I said to her and she's just like never in the year that we have talked have you ever texted me that and I was just like well it's because we've been talking for a year that now my Spanish lingo is going to come through even though you don't speak Spanish yeah I held it in and mentally translated it and now it's and now it's too much work it's just going to come out yeah but but that side note, but that's how we feel about that um, whole thing. So the next question is something interesting. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Last thing. It's, it's it, the whole like Stella trying to change herself is like literally her trying to fit in, right? Yeah. And it's it's kind of that thing. Everybody has dealt with it. All of these things that she goes through, everybody, everybody has, has dealt, dealt with, with it. it. And just like a, a minor I, tweaking, it's it's something that everyone goes through. And it, that's why it's so normal I think that's what is important about the story is it shows that yes you can be on the spectrum but like mm -hmm. it's it's not what people will think it is it's they don't act they're not different like it's that it's it's everybody like has this idea like we've all fallen prone to that where it's like oh it's a person with autism they must think different like but it's like they might have a different pro way to process stuff but they go mm -hmm. through the exact same thing as us exactly. and they're normal they're normal people like they are people too and I think that's what's very important and like the main theme of this story yeah 
And even the the fact that that that, that has to be said, that that has yeah. to be said is like, it's it's just uh, what has been what has what society what has been generated mm. by society for thousands of years. Yeah, so. like yeah. that's not to me. That's not an autistic person. That's just that's Kenny. Yeah, that's um Stella. That's Stella. Yeah, so, I said Kenny because like uh, he was one of my best friends in high school uh-huh. who was also on the spectrum. Uh-huh. Love him. Um, quick side note: shout out to Kenny if you ever find this. We actually, um, our whole class was obsessed with him. Loved him. He was like the honestly the best person ever. Mm-hmm. Every group wanted him around. Yeah. He was literally loved by everybody. He actually was our prom prince. Yeah. And I, I just, my heart just started swelling when I started thinking about him. But yeah, mm-hmm. side note, moving on. Yeah. So um, the next question is, what do you think of Michael's Friday night profession? Does it compare to your impression of a woman with that profession? If gender makes a difference, why is that? So I, Grace and I, we kind of talked before we went over these questions. And one of my things was, was like, I don't give a shit about his profession. What I care about is the way that the profession is portrayed between men and women. And like, I even, when I was like, when I was reading this, I was like, okay, so he, he basically, it's dates with the guarantee of like sex afterwards. But it's like, if this were a woman, she would be called a prostitute and she would be called a whore. And it's the, Mm -hmm. it's it's just like always in society. It's like men can do the same thing as women, but it be viewed as like, yes, good job. Like you're, you're using your body for the work and stuff. And it's like the objectification of men in a, in a better light than it is women. And I think it is very important to talk about this because it's like, if we saw a woman do this, it's viewed as negative and it's still viewed as negative to this day where it's like, oh you're yeah. a woman in the sex work industry like uh, but then like male porn stars are like praised and stuff it's like oh wow you can get mm-hmm. all the all the pussy you want like it's like it's it, it's just it's that's the difference i think with this whole thing is that like the way the connotations of the profession mm-hmm. that society puts on each gender and it's a very and it's like it's like who gives a shit like who actually gives a shit like yeah gives a fucking shit but i think i think it's like the reason behind him like the kind of like fuck you to his dad of like becoming an escort i low-key find it find it really like love it and kind of find it hilarious that like it's the ultimate like fuck you rebel to your parents to be like oh i'm gonna do exactly what you told me to do and i'm gonna make a hella bank off of it and he does and it's like i mean he pays for bills and stuff with it that's the whole point but it's like Mm -hmm. it's that ultimate like stereotypical like rebel child thing to do yeah um i agree i mean i don't really see a Mm -hmm. that's just his thing to do and that's that's what that's okay yeah Uh, okay did did this the beginning of this book make me consider hiring an escort maybe. okay no <laughs> me too me too because she was like she asked him if he could go to her mom's like, banquet and stuff and i was like wait if i have to go to a wedding in the future and i don't have a like a boyfriend should i just hire like an escort to take me and then i like 
And then I was thinking this morning, I was like, wait, I could just hire like an escort. And like, what if we have like this relationship where like we have so much fun that like we end up falling in love with each other. But then it's like that trap. Down, was, but like that was that trap that Michael was talking about where he was like, he only goes on one date with each client because there are the crazy, Eliza, there are those crazy clients who fall in love because it's this fallacy of a relationship when it's, you're paying him. And I yeah. fell into that trap too. And I didn't even hire an escort. <laughs> your mind just like ran away with it oh trust me I have been I, I like that first date I was just like man maybe I should no I can't yeah I'm too I, I'm too emotionally I'm an I'm an emotional octopus I will latch onto you and yeah. just you know but do I see anything different with him no no did it just... now how does um, I mean daytime profession? it was just oh, wait 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 before wait. we get into that before we get into that really quickly really quickly I, I do want to I want to point this out because I, I mentioned it to Maggie before but I love how um we have Stella in the beginning of the book how she loves her routines and how she has a certain way of how she goes about things how she yeah. when she when she gets home she has like this thing of like her shoes her purse um what else is in her routine right right all of these things she has her routine of how she does things and then immediately when we get our first chapter with Michael it's jumping right into his routine as well yeah and how he starts and how he has his step-by-step process of how he does his things and I loved the parallels between the two like yes he has his process because you know he has to mentally she has a process because that's how she copes with anything and that's how she needs to go on forward and that's exactly why he has his own um routine and I thought that that was such a cute little mirror of the two of them it was just mm, kind of going off of Michael's routine I think it also it highlights I think Michael highlights the downfall of sex work and it's like Mm. it is very like I, I don't know if y'all all follow her. Oh my but- gosh. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I know exactly what we were talking about. The retired 20 year, like 20 year prostitute retiree. <laughs> I like how exact, like Grace knew exactly what I was talking about. But like, she talks about like- I can't think of that song. Um, I can't think of that song without- Yeah. Uh, but like, she talks about like the downfall of sex work. And I think it- it highlights it very well and yeah. it's like it's not you notice it and you're like oh like this is weird like clients mm-hmm. falling in love with you him having to mentally prepare him talking about how he couldn't get in bed unless he washed himself mm-hmm. and it's that like like sex work is very glorified right now in the media and mm-hmm. stuff but it is a very hard thing to deal with it's yeah like it's it's, it's not something not meant for everybody it's really not meant for everybody it's something to tread very carefully and to really think about if you are willing to go it does not come without its consequences you know mentally physically all of these things and Mm -hmm. she highlights the consequences very well where it's like you don't she's not like promote like she's not promoting it but she's not saying it's bad it's that like balance of like you can see what it does but you can also see the downfalls of it yeah and that's that line the having pros and cons every single profession out there no profession goes with like all glorified pros there's always a downside and that's just a normal thing to have in a profession his profession mm-hmm. comes with a lot more toll yeah 
that you, somebody would really have to think about before jumping in there. Yeah. It's not something like, yes, go out there and yes, do it. It's amazing. You get all this money. It's, it comes with a lot. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It's not, yeah. it's not easy. Yeah. So how does Michael's daytime profession a check? A ch- how, how does Michael's daytime profession affect his attractiveness? Man, when I tell you what I thought, he, okay, when I first, when she first noticed his suit and how like immaculate it was, I was like, I was like, okay, how is he paying for this? And then when she finds him at the, like, at the table. Oh my gosh. He's like pinning stuff. Like, I don't know why I had like a wet dream of like, I don't know why, but I'm like to have him. There's a couple on TikTok who like the guy is a designer and he makes his girlfriend clothes. Yes. The whole thing is they make like he makes her clothes and stuff. And it's like to have a boyfriend who is like into designing and like will make it himself. That is so attractive. Like it's so Mm. attractive. Mm. Like we and, and, fell in love with Michael, but the fact that we fell in love with him more when we found out he's a dude, it made him 20 times more attractive because not only is, you know, he like this amazing, great looker, he's really nice and very attentive emotionally, right? All of those things. Number two, he dresses well. Number three, he dresses well because he freaking designs and makes his own clothes and he's proud are of you it. kidding me it's well he's proud of it but he's not yeah he thinks that people will look at him as less and it's just like babes well, make me something and I will fall at your feet well I think so like we we see that like Michael goes to design school like he goes to school for this yeah. he went he like mm-hmm. got a degree and, like yeah his dad was even like I'm not gonna like help you with this and he did it himself and it's like mm-hmm. it shows his like his passion for it and like he had to step away because he wanted to like he had to help his mom and stuff mm-hmm. and I don't think it's the fact that he designed and stuff I think it was I think it was when he was like talking when his her mom her dad was like asking him questions and stuff it was like it wasn't him being it wasn't that he was like designing and stuff I think it was the fact that like he wasn't um trying to find the word for this um that he wasn't uh, stable yeah I think it was that like he was he was talking about how he's not really doing anything right now like he's putting his life on hold to like help his mother mm-hmm. and help his family and stuff and that was like the main thing where it was like and he had all of those sketchbooks and stuff and then he finally like got to do what he loved and he loved designing and stuff and it's like and the fact that he designed her a dress okay like when I so when she's going to go take her dry cleaning and then she's talking about the little um, strip mall. And she talks about like a, a karate or a martial arts studio. I know exactly. I thought I thought that's where like she would go on, drop off her clothes, come out, and then he would be leaving the studio. Or I thought that too at first. That's what I thought. Yeah. But man, the surprise when it's him, I was like, yes. Okay. The amount of like where I was just like when she walked in and I was like, well, when she walked in, I was like, okay, she's probably not going to see him. But like the martial arts studios, I was like, Michael's here. Michael's going to show up in this scene. Where is Michael? And then he did. And I was like, yes. But it was just kind of like. It was the most unexpected and yet the most perfect thing ever. I was like, hell yes. Hell yes. And then let's get into this. Like that, that moment where like, you know 
we find out like oh like he actually does make make all of his suits and things like that and she starts mm-hmm. talking and then a flashback to where he was she was talking about his suit and his tailor and he goes like he goes she goes so is he terribly busy and then she goes he goes like yeah he's he's busy i was like you cheeky mother and the fact that like he noticed that like she loved touching him and touching the suit and stuff Mm. and the fact that her mother even noticed when he made the dress for her and she like her mother was pointing out like all the certain things like there was no tags the the fabric was soft and it was like it was perfectly tailored for her herself. and it's just like you can tell michael oh my gosh does, and he's attention to detail and his attention to detail when it comes to stella yeah it was so and like so like when they when he started talking when before she even brought like when she brought up oh can you make me something can yeah. you and then he's just like oh well you have to stand still and she's just like i've had clothes done for me before like can you yeah. do it and he's like she actually once and I was just like babe and then I had like a brief mental flash forward of their lives together of him always always forever designing her clothes no matter what any occasion kind of reminds me of like you will never have to buy clothes again Kim Kardashian and Kanye when they when like his brand came out and she was the main like model and she was modeling all these clothes and he was the one who was like okay this is what you're gonna wear like this is the outfit and stuff or like the guy, the TikTok guy who made his girlfriend outfits for TikTok. That's immediately what I thought. There's of. there's a, a TikTok couple out there. There's a TikTok couple out there where the man picks out his woman's outfits mm-hmm. like yeah. every day, every day yeah. for work. And the and child, it's because child. and the child, yeah. And it's because like you know he has that attention to detail, yeah. and that's a way for him to show how he loves her. Like people's love language is like all over the place. Everyone has a different way of expressing it. But that that act of designing his woman's clothes and making things that are perfectly fitted for her and to and accentuate to her, her body. body. Oh, her ass in that dress! I was like, damn! If I had a man who would make the most beautiful body out of my body i'm just like yeah when and where when and where do you want do you want it right now do you want it right now because i can give it to you right now that 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 was me yeah but no we can both agree that his his daytime profession made him 10 times more attractive a hundred a hundred times more attractive so let me find a taylor husband Throughout the book, Michael worries he's inherited his father's badness. What that is passed down in his blood. Do you think this is illogical? Are you able to empathize with him? How so? Okay, I hate, I do kind of low-key hate this trope of like your father's son or like your father's child or like, oh, I'm just like my mother trope. Like, yes, I understand it. Like, I'm very much like my parents and that's why we clash a lot and stuff. But it's like, your father, like what I was, what I was, what I kept getting annoyed with, like, yes, he views himself as like his father and like, but his father left his mother, his father left his family and Michael stood up and Michael became the caregiver for his mother and the provider for his mother. And you can see that in his path, like he stood up and when, when the time called, he gave up everything to be to help his mom, to help his sisters, and to even say that he didn't want his sisters to 
stop going to college. So he he put everything on the back mm-hmm. burner. And it's like mm-hmm. and it's like of course he's not going to recognize that. Of course like you are your harshest critic and you're going to think that, but it's just one of the tropes that I just like low key annoy. So it, yeah, it a lot. <clears throat> and I feel like it's it's definitely one of those tropes that um a lot of people can relate to. Like I am 100% exactly like my dad exactly down to the way that we love and we how we fall in love I mean exactly like my dad and he and I are always butting heads and but the difference is between two generations is that the second generation often becomes very aware of how they're acting who they're acting like and therefore more equipped to be able to create a change or fall right back into it. And it's different stages in their life where they're able to make a change in how they react and how they love people or how they abandon people. You know, Michael up to this point did not see an end to the similarities between him and his dad, you know? And it was like this thing of just like, it's totally understandable Mm -hmm. and it's relatable. This is what it, yeah, this is what you had to fall back on. Mm -hmm. But the thing is those things that made him different, he wasn't realizing enough because he didn't have a person who made him look at it. Yeah. Who made him realize this is actually not. I just wanted to sit down with him and be like, Michael, honey, look at this and tell me this is not like your dad. Like let's let's go through this like let's let's, let's sit down let's I'll, draw, I'll draw you a little storyboard and we can show you how you were different because I like hate it because I hate that self-deprecation of like I'm yeah. not enough but we yeah all and it. it's 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 something that everybody kind of goes through and it's definitely like one of those things of like you know look at these two pictures and tell me what's the difference between the two and yes there are those people who the pictures are exactly the same hundred percent but then they're like majority of people it's just like yeah the pictures look the same and but then when you take a closer look you're like oh this is different this is not the same this is not the same and so on and so forth and that's kind of what michael this was a turning point in michael's life where he actually saw no i can be better i am better and i will continue to work better you know and he didn't have yet a person like stella a a partner who he wanted to be everything for, who he wanted to be better for, you know? He didn't have that person yet, so he didn't have, like, a turning point. He didn't have, like, I'm stealing this from Marvel, but he didn't have that nexus point in his life of, you know, shifting everything around and creating this solid point in his life. And so, you know, it is what it is. Did I expect um, the dad to pop up? Yes and no. Okay, yeah, I wanted to talk about this. I kind of wished, like, I feel like this, like, whole thing with his dad was was such a big part of the story and of Michael's character arc that it just fell so flat in the end when, like, it was peaking and stuff, and then you're like, okay, what's this big thing that his dad did? And it's like, okay, he's a con artist. He's, like, I don't know. It just felt like the way it was said, it just felt it felt rushed for me and it felt like it it felt like there was so much buildup but there wasn't the release of like oh my gosh like holy cow it was just like okay yeah i i i i get that i feel like 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 i get that it's not 
it's, it's not this like giant like omg like moment it's like it's it's a contemporary romance so i have to keep that in mind but it's just hmm. kind of like the it, it could have been it had this been a different type of book yeah it definitely could have had well, like this big aha moment i think she did really well with the eliza story and like a man that moment that's what i expected with the dad where like she like he smelled her and we like i knew i knew it was her the moment he talked about cinnamon bubble gum cinnamon gum i was like i stopped okay i think i so i think i i'm gonna play this voice memo that i sent grace (laughs) i sent grace this voice memo when it happened I was like, um, oh wait, no, that's not the, that's not the right one. Um, Uh, I just, I feel so icky. I hate this. I hate this. Ah, ah, I hate this so much. (laughs) I don't. Oh no. No, no, no. I hate this so much. My heart is racing. Like it was such like a it was like a secondhand embarrassment moment where I was just like oh my god like ah, ah. it was definitely one of those things like um this was my reaction because I posted it on my Instagram story. Bye. Oh, Bye. You're fucking lying. Oh, please don't tell me it's the same. I stopped at cinema like the hand. It's so- and then i was pacing i was like, pacing was, around my yard yeah no it was so nerve-wracking because i was just like oh my god like no fucking way and oh it's like gosh. and it was like so it was like i'm gonna read it, it. I'm was gonna the, read it. it's it was the best part too so and a red nailed hand rested on the back of the chair next to Michael, a familiar combination of sense assail- assailed his nose, cinnamon and cigarettes, ice cubes clinked before the lowball glass half filled with whiskey set on the table. Hello, darlings. Sorry I'm late. A petite woman with long bleached blonde hair and tight black cocktail dress lowered herself into the empty seat. Her profile turned to him, but Michael recognized her. He kissed that jaw. I had to make a quick stop before her face she faced him her expression went as surprised <laughs> her expression went as surprised as the botox allowed well 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 hello michael hello eliza what an excellent time to bump into his least favorite former client that oh I my gosh stopped. like you know i, I stopped, stopped yeah i stopped and i was like i was like I like, was like that surprise was great me and then like literally right after like after I calmed down I was just like oh but this is perfect this is absolutely perfect because here is Philip over here trying to get at Stella or whatever okay yes it's gonna create a problem between his parents and her and then with Stella but also it's like the biggest f you to Philip is just like I fucked your mom dude um, That's literally what it is. One of the funniest lines in this scene was, it's on chapter oh. 24, page 256. And it's like, are you serious? Eliza looked at Stella's parents before she smirked at the s- and sent Michael a amused glance. Meeting the parents now, Michael, would you have met mine for the right price? 
what are you talking about? Philip narrowed his eyes as he looked from his mom to Michael and back again. Eliza took a healthy drink from her lowball glass and smiled suggestively. We used to go on dates. You've got to be kidding me. Philip stared at Michael, rising disgust. You slept with my mom? Not exactly, Michael replied with a tight (laughs) smile. Eliza chuckled. There wasn't any sleeping involved, if I remember correctly. For Pete's sake, I need a drink. Her father pushed away from the table. Okay, that moment was so funny, but I felt so uncomfortable. I was just like, to be Stella in that situation where a former client literally was not recognizing you, but was talking about having sex with like the guy you're sleeping with right now. Like, I saw this playing out like a movie. I, I felt like I was on the set of like Dynasty or something. I wanted to like leave. I wanted to leave the room. I wanted to be like, no, this didn't happen. I like, I didn't want to be in this situation. <laughs> We're gonna rewind the plot. And not... This never happened. It was, it was like, it was definitely a turning point. I really, it, it was hilarious to me, and it was kind of heart. It was, it, no, it was heartbreaking to me it to was. like see that Michael didn't like stand his ground and like you know but that was a shocking reality for him he was already feeling like he wasn't enough he was already feeling the sense of like he did not belong and then here comes his whole freaking past reminding him why he doesn't belong at the table and it felt like it was so like to see both perspectives where he wasn't doing anything like he wasn't reacting because he locked up and stuff like we like Stella when she locks up too and he's locked up and he's and he tells Stella he's like I couldn't just react because that would end negatively. Like, cause he's like, that's the downfall of this is like a client could react negatively and he's trying to diffuse the situation. Mm-hmm. But like, it is also just like when like, like uh, Eliza put his, her hand on his thigh and like moved up towards his crotch. And I was like, ready. I was, I was ready, ready to, to throw hands. I wanted a bitch I was, slap. I was like, Stella, if this is any moment to like really, make someone feel uncomfortable this is the moment I want you to come on babe do it but you know that wasn't the time it wasn't the plot place and so I understood um and then but can we go a little bit further like they broke up all of these things really quickly to where Philip kissed her oh that was so uncomfortable. And this is why I didn't like him in the beginning because I knew something was going to happen like this. Where it's like he he's entitled. He feels so entitled to Stella and because like he or their parents like know each other apparently and stuff. And it just felt so entitling and like I knew it was going to happen. And that's why like I was like really icky for, from him from the beginning because I felt like he was that type of person. To, like, And in the fact that like Michael showed up too and Michael like was like – Oh, but, but like, yes, that part. But then like the first part where he finds out, like he like, you know, is there for her and everything. That scene in the bathroom. Oh my, mm, my Lord. Mm. Mm. Oh, the first time. Yes. The, the first, first, the first the fir- time. Okay. I was like. The scene, the bathroom scene was so good. The bathroom, the bathroom scene was so good. Like I, <laughs> I was blushing. <laughs> I was, Girl, I was, I was blushing. I was like. I was, I, it felt so primal and like possessive. Like it felt like I, oh, it's, it was like the good possessive where it's like he wanted to remove everything of him. It's like, I'm going to give you everything in this bathroom. And you're just like, and he was like, he didn't even like wait for her to take off her underwear and stuff. And I'm just like, oh, (laughs) sir. 
Michael, where are you? This is a Wendy's drive through sir. This is a Christian establishment, sir. I just love Trust me, I was like, mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 So that part was really good. And then when they, after they broke up and oh they my went gosh. on then- dinner and Michael like saw them from across the street and was like, no. And then like, he, he immediately started going and Quan was just like, hold on. Yeah. Like, wait. And then he's just like, oh, he's asking for it. Let him loose. Yeah. Let him loose. <laughs> he goes. And then like, he immediately decks him. I was just like, yes, I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it because I was just like, when Philip was first like asking her out and she's like, oh, I'm dating somebody. And then he was just like, oh, you don't, you know, worry about it, whatever. And I was just like, please, in my stories, I was like, please tell me there is a moment where like he gets to go off and he did. And I was like, perfect, absolutely perfect. And then the flowers, the groveling and the gro- oh my gosh. Really my favorite. The fact that he's like, I want like, and the fact that I think it was very important for her when she was like, she was talking about like, he was the one thinking like, oh, he was doing the right thing, but he sent the wrong message to her. And like, you saw that when she was like, but you, like you. You said I wasn't enough. I yeah, wasn't but- enough. And it's just like, he's like, didn't you think that it was ever me who wasn't enough? Yeah. And it's just like, that's where the communication comes in, babe. That, yeah. that, that's the communication. We need, we need more of that. This babes, is where, babes, 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 listen, listen here, speak up, speak clearly, speak to the point. Okay. This is what we need communication. And later on, you know, we see how it kind of develops. I have to say, I have to say that the way that, um, he ends up making up with her in the garage and then like he ends up like I traded my car, I did all of this, and and I was just like, she was like literally the turning point for him, you know. He's yeah. just like I'm gonna step it up, and then on top of that, the fact that he's just like, oh well, you better get used to it because I'm gonna propose to you in three months. I was like, I was like, this man is a keeper. This and the fact that like he was like. I'm going to give you time to think about this, but you know, it's going to happen, but like, it's going to, it's going to happen. There's no doubt in my mind. You have to prepare for it. Like I'm ready. I'm letting you prepare for it. And it's like, he's like, if it were, if it were up to me, I'd marry you right now. I was like, babe, babe. Like he recognized that like, she would need time to like process that. Cause that would put like a major, like, Oh my gosh, in her struck, like in her like structure of like her days and stuff, that would be like a, Whoa. Versus like three months, like, get used to it and stuff and I this book we're kind of wrapping it up now this book was we didn't do the last question but I don't think we need to but like this book just really showed that like loving a person is like getting those little things about them yeah and showing like showing your love language in a way that compliments them as well like the way that's basically that's basically answering the last question. It's yeah. it's a, so much that goes into love. Yeah. Is love enough? There's so much more. Yeah. Love can only get you so far. Then it's everything else comes into play. Participation between the communication between two people. And I think <laughs> this book does really well. And like this book like was so, it was such a heartwarming one where like, it's something that I needed right now where it's like, it makes you want to be in love. Like, it makes you want to have that. And it also makes me want to get a male escort, but that's besides the point. <laughs> besides the point, don't don't call us out like that, Maggie, because 
Here I am. Let me close that other browser real quick. <laughs> but that, that, that's kind of like what it is. It's just like there's a lot of work that goes into love in any type of relationship, whether you're it's with someone on the spectrum, a, a person from a different culture, all of these different things. It uh, Love is more than just love. It goes beyond that. To have a successful relationship, to have a successful um, marriage, long-term relationship, to have that partnership, there has to be more than love. Love can only go so far. There and then after that, understanding there needs there needs to be more. Yeah. There needs to be a good partnership, good communication, needs to be work effort. So you're going to get the next more. book? Hell yes. I already ordered I, it. I am going to buy it on Saturday because I'm doing my giant Barnes Noble haul. I'm buying it on Saturday. I'm very excited for the next book. Um, I didn't realize yes. it was part of a series. I didn't realize yes. it was a series. It's yeah, so the I'm next very book- excited. The next book features Kai, which yes. is Quan's brother, who yeah. is also on the spectrum. Yeah. And then we have Quan, which, babe, I am excited for that one. Okay, he's the third is book, the heart and I'm principle. really excited for that. Yes, it is The Heart Principle, which comes out uh, at the end of this month. Yeah. Um, we, we've had a few people uh, of our friends read the book already. Like, we had Pauline at the books I've loved read it already um and also i think brenna has also read it so a few people have already read it and are absolutely in love with it if you haven't read the bride test please do so so that way you can prepare for the heart principle because i just know it's going to be so good i mean come on kwan full of tattoos motorcycle okay, i have to point that out the fact that she didn't know she liked tattoos until she saw michael with the tattoo, oh my I was like, gosh oh. and the fact that he had a tattoo that was like oh yes sorry we're like rushing because i have to go to an appointment yeah but yeah. overall i gave this book five out of five stars i gave this actually three, for sure i gave this three spices out of five like this is a pretty spicy book like oh my gosh because the way that he communicated and uh, talked about her pretty sweet potato <laughs> Come I'm on. going to suck on your nipples and lick them with my tongue. That's my girl who whispered as he leaned down to kiss her. When I tell you my praise kink was activated. Oh, yes, I activated. The the title of this is gonna be Michael and his praise kinks. Michael activated my praise kinks. <laughs> we love a man who communicates okay well thank you everybody who listened to this episode we had so much fun i read this in less than a day i read this in less than 12 hours i read this in two days which you guys know that's fast enough for me yeah so um i'm excited to read the next book uh we'll keep you updated um thank you for everybody who's listened to calvin's episode and joined us on our journey um and do we have anything other to say um, thank you guys to everyone who participated in our pre-order sale. We yes. will put them up later at, at a later time, maybe sometime in September, opening up the shop again for enamel pins once we have our shipment in and we can show you guys a little more in depth on that. Um, so keep an eye out on our Etsy shop for it to reopen Yeah. for any more updates. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Have a good rest of your day. Bye, Bye guys. <laughs>